0: Thanks for listening to the Pocket Pod Series. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you get all the new episodes as they drop. If there's a certain topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know in the comments section. Hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 12 of the Pocket Pod Series. In today's episode, we're gonna talk about Rachel's graduation, which just happened last weekend. If you're new to the pocket pod series this is where me and my sister rachel make pocket-sized podcast episodes that fit seamlessly into your everyday busy lives so let me introduce my co-host rachel how's it going
1: oh my gosh i feel like my mind is in chaos i just graduated right now i'm kind of living in three different places so all my stuff is in all three locations (laughs) um but i'm just trying to get everything organized together move out of one apartment move into another But it's all good because I graduated, so I'm happy.
0: Where's your pillow (laughs) right now? That's like the most important thing.
1: I do have my pillows here.
0: That's good. It's always nice to travel with your pillow so that you have a nice night of sleep wherever you are. Yeah. Well, I've been exhausted all week because when I came to graduation, I hadn't slept very much that night. And I still have not Mm -hmm. caught up on sleep. Today was probably the first day where I felt like caught up energy wise. But this whole week i've yeah. just been like exhausted every day and it doesn't help that the nba playoffs has been going on so i haven't been going to bed until like 11 30 at night anyways so i've had like zero time to that's catch your up on sleep fault. it's true that's it's your true. own fault <laughs> that is very true I've just for
1: context been... um, kenny so. had a 24-hour shift like right before he came for my graduation he got off that shift and so he was just running on adrenaline that whole day. And he drove to Connecticut from Rhode Island and then drove back to Rhode Island from Connecticut that same day after my graduation. But I was very grateful that he was there.
0: I was really grateful to be there because it was a really special event.
1: Yeah. And I never missed any year graduation. So you,
0: you reminded me that when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for bringing it up. Okay. Well, graduating from nursing school is a pretty big deal because you were telling me, I know you've told me this multiple times, but you reminded me your class started with 400 students and then you guys graduated about 200 students. So clearly Mm -hmm. it's not a very easy program to go through. So you guys deserve to be celebrated and enjoy your day.
1: Yeah. Nursing is interesting because it's very much like a trade that you're learning in college. So a lot of people, they come in thinking that it's what they want to do. And then maybe they start anatomy and they realize they actually don't really like this kind of science. Um, so then they choose something else, um, or some other people just have a hard time. I know I've had my struggles during nursing school. It's not easy. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, we, our class was really cut down. Um, but I'm I'm confident in the class that graduated that we are going to be amazing nurses.
0: And the workforce definitely needs you guys because I can tell in my hospital, we've been short on nurses for almost my entire residency. It seems like we're starting to catch up, you know, this year, but I think everyone's going to be excited mm-hmm. for you and all the new grads to come to the workforce.
1: Yeah, I know one of my friends from nursing school, she actually just got a job at Lifespan, I think, in the oh. cardiothoracic ICU. She's doing the fellowship there.
0: Oh, awesome. You'll probably
1: miss though because you're leaving soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you know anybody going to Beth Israel or Boston, maybe I'll run into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to focus on two ceremonies that you guys go through. And they basically bookend your nursing uh, school experience. The first one is oh. your white coat ceremony or your oath ceremony. And then the ending of it is the pinning ceremony. And I'm just Mm -hmm. going to briefly kind of talk about them. And then you can kind of tell us what your experiences at Sacred Heart were like. So the oath ceremony is where you go in your freshman year, um, your class says an oath, and it kind of depends on what school you go to and what the mission statement of your school is. But ultimately, it revolves around the statement As a nurse, I will practice with moral courage and agency to provide innovative, person-centered care to all populations. And there's a few words that I really like in that sentence. One is moral courage. I think it takes a lot of morale, especially in medicine, to stand up for what you believe in, especially nowadays in the internet. And we kind of talked about this last episode with Jen Bracken, just about how much you can convince yourself of your own ideas and your own thoughts to be reality because of people on the internet and facts or um, sort of evident quote-unquote evidence that you find on the internet to back up whatever you think and as somebody who's studied medicine and studying nursing you have to stand up for what's right for the patient and you guys are the ones who are at the bedside taking care of these patients and sometimes showing them the truth and showing them the evidence of why you're doing what you're doing. So having that moral courage is really important. And I thought it was interesting that they chose the word agency, uh, because most of the time when you think of agency, you think of like a business or an organization. But if you Google that word, the second definition actually comes up with the word action. So to take moral action is to stand up for what you believe in and really advocate for your patients. And I think that's one of the most important things that I see nurses do in my own field is stand up for Um, their patients and what their patients want when they're getting taken care of in the hospital. And then Mm -hmm. the last thing I'm just going to mention in that sentence is innovation. So to provide innovative person-centered care, if you're not being innovative in medicine, I think you're really going to fall behind and you're going to just practice things the way you've always done it. And you'll realize this when you go into the workforce, there's people out there who are like that in medicine. And sometimes they're frustrating to work with, But you have to have that innovative mindset to always be changing and adaptive to your environment and to this quick pace of our generation with technology and now even AI accelerating that technology to keep up with where medicine is taking us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really easy to just kind of settle into habits and be a little more hesitant towards change.
0: Do you remember what your oath ceremony was like?
1: I do. So we have our our white coat ceremony. I go to a very I went to a very Catholic school, so they called it the blessing of the hand ceremony, uh, where our reverend from our school had blessed our hands. <laughs> um, so that was very special. It was uh, when we were able to put our white coats on. They had this oil that was blessed by the reverend that they put on our hands. Uh, And they really encouraged us to think about what it means for ourselves to be in professional nursing. Um, So this was kind of our kickstart into the world, almost like an induction, but not really because the real induction would come later in the pinning ceremony. Uh, And I just remember being very emotional during the ceremony. I know I was thinking a lot about our grandmother, who was a nurse during it, and our aunt and how I'm kind of continuing that legacy, uh, part of our family. So, I mean, my my school made it very special. It was a sweet moment. My parents came, our parents came, uh, and it was it was almost like a proud moment for them too because, I mean, it's similar to the white coat ceremony you had. So, I mean, the, now they saw you, and now they're seeing me getting inducted and everything. Uh, I know we were able to write letters to our future selves during the ceremony as well, which they had then given to us during the pinning ceremony two years later and I have not opened it yet. <laughs> I will eventually, and it'll be a very sentimental moment. Um, so that was really special. Uh, I think that really made me understand the importance of ceremonies. Uh, I know sometimes it can be a little much thinking, oh, this is just another event that we have to go to, and I just want to get through school so that I can start working. But what's really important about this is that we're not I mean, yes, we're learning material in nursing school, but we're also entering a profession immediately after. So just knowing that this is what our life is going to be, and we're not just learning, we're also trying to learn how to practice. It's really important. Uh, And then this past weekend, we just had the pinning ceremony. Did you want to speak a little bit more about that before I get into it?
0: Uh, Why don't you tell me what your pinning ceremony was like?
1: Uh it was it was basically just like a graduation. It was funny. We had um for our, our gowns, we had to wear a white graduation gown. So I felt like I was singing in like a church choir <laughs> <laughs> or like I was angel in church or something. <laughs> I'm actually gonna donate it to our dad's church after this That's so that amazing. they can use it for their nativity Christmas stuff.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: but that was also very special, again, very sentimental for me. I um, so basically you line up with your class and you go up to the stage and your professors will uh, pin you. They'll give you your nursing pins. Um, that was a very special moment to me because I hadn't seen my parents beforehand. Uh, so I had I had my grandmother's uh, barrette I had put in my hair. So then when I was on stage was the first time that mom and dad had seen that. And they I could tell from looking at them from the stage that they were very emotional. Seeing that, so it was special. Um, So the pinning ceremony, it's modeled after a ceremony that Florence Nightingale, which we'll talk about more later, she had had for her acts in the Crimean War, um, and she was also pinned and thanked for her service. Uh, So it's basically, again, like I said, it's an induction into professional nursing. This is special because your professors tell you that once the ceremony is over, that's when you can start calling them by their first names because they're not your professors anymore. They're your colleagues. Uh, So you really become a nurse in that moment. And it's heavy. It's a lot to take in. I know uh, a lot of the speeches had to do with like all thank yous for what you're doing. And I know you think that it's scary when you first start, but we're going to succeed in what we do. And it's just we're just going to keep learning as we go.
0: That's awesome. I'm really glad that you guys had the experience to have a graduation that was really just focused on your nursing school. Cause I was there mm-hmm. for sort of the whole Sacred Heart uh, university graduation, which is special in its own way because it's basically like you were saying, the last moment you're going to see a lot of these people who you were sitting with. But it makes it mm-hmm. almost more special when you realize that you're graduating from this study and then now becoming that professional that you've been training for four years to become. And it's really cool to hear your professors say, now we're going to be colleagues. I'm sure that was like a really eye-opening yeah. realization that you had.
1: Uh, still feels weird. I don't know if I can call them by their first names. <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting. It yeah. is very
0: interesting. I've, I've sort of made that transition too in my own residency of calling some of my attendings by their first names. And it really depends on sort of the relationship you have with your colleagues or your mentors and supervisors. But I think mm-hmm. you'll kind of figure it out along the way, how you feel about it. Uh, yeah. Before we yeah, before I mean, we talk about Florence Nightingale, how much did Nani's career impact you wanting to go into nursing?
1: So it, it didn't necessarily encourage me to go into nursing in the beginning, but I think, again, these ceremonies are really what kickstarted my relationship with nursing. So as I grew between the blessing of the hand ceremony and the pinning ceremony, I began to think more and more about Nani's and uh, our aunt's uh, careers in nursing. So I think what hit me harder this past year was just knowing that, I don't know if you know this story, but Nani had gone to nursing school back when the partition was happening. And then she was separated by her family because she was in India and the rest of the family was in Pakistan. So she was really on her own um, and going through nursing school. And then by the time she was done, She did end up moving back to the village that her family lived in. She stayed in the city and continued to work as a nurse. So I think I've had uh, had to rely on my family a lot for support during this time. And I really look up to how she did it on her own, really. Like she just persevered. She was a very strong woman. And I admire that a lot. So I've been thinking about it more recently. So even though it didn't encourage me to go into nursing, it's definitely going to be a part of... My the continuation of my nursing journey.
0: Very cool. I actually didn't know that story. So that's really special to hear.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So a little bit about Florence uh, Nightingale, who you had mentioned, she was someone who was from uh, Great Britain, was alive basically from 1820s to 1910, and came from this rich family in uh, Great Britain, And her family really didn't want her to go into nursing, but she had this interest in medicine and nursing as a teenager, ultimately uh, turned down her family's marriage proposal for her to marry probably someone else who was also coming from a rich family, decided to pursue nursing. At that time, nursing wasn't even something that many women did. Uh, In fact, it was something that they thought was almost like a working class or middle class thing to do. So they figured it was kind of below their family's standards. And it happened at a time where there was war. And war times um, historically have been a really enriching time for medicine. We make a lot of medical advances during war times. And it's because you just have these populations of people that are just very sick and go through very hard times. So she was treating things like cholera, typhoid, a lot of infectious diseases. And I don't think we know exactly why she died, but it sounds like. It, she may have caught one of these infectious diseases and then sort of unexpectedly passed away later in life. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it's very when I was reading a little bit about her bio, I thought it was fascinating that she went into a career that was mostly male oriented or traditionally done by males. And then when I was looking at mm-hmm. your nursing school that graduated, I think I calculated, or I think you told me there were six out of 200 that were males. So that's yeah. like a three a percent, um, you know male percentage in your class which is probably a little bit on the lower side in terms of how many males there are in nursing. I know quite a few guys who do nursing, but it's definitely a lot of women. And when you think about it, it's, it's very, it's a, nursing is a very empowering field. And I think it's great in terms of where we are as a country in terms of women really running the show and running medicine. And I think she mm-hmm. was a pioneer in starting all of that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we referred her as the founder of modern medicine. So she really was a pioneer, which is funny because the pioneers was my school mascot. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so basically her family really didn't want her to go into nursing, but she felt like it was her divine calling almost that she needed to go. She did a lot of philanthropy when she was younger, like tending to the ill and the poor um so then when the time came her parents had found her a suitor and she said nah dog I'm going to school so then she (laughs) went to nursing school instead left the suitor uh which is fine and then yeah she went to nursing school uh her most notable acts were the work she did in the Crimean war and then there were some theories that came out of that so during the Crimean war she was also a statistician um aside from being a nurse so Uh, She did a lot of data collection. She created something called a Coxcomb chart, which is very much, it's kind of just a complex pie chart. Um, And through this, she was able to determine that a lot of the high mortality rates were caused by sanitation issues, Uh, poor sanitation to be exact. So what she did was she brought a team together. They cleaned the entire clinic. um, And then after it was all clean and cleanly. Uh, they saw the mortality rates were going down. So she was able to save a lot of lives from that. And out of that came the environmental nursing theory, which if you're in nursing school, you will learn about, uh, has to do with your patients will succeed better if they have a clean environment, adequate lighting, uh, minimal noise in their room, all this stuff in your environment really affects how you heal. Uh, So she came up with that nursing theory, which is very important for us now. After that, she established a uh, a nursing trade school and really professionalized the field. So it's important. I mean, we say during the pinning ceremony, we say our Nightingale Oath. We learn about her throughout school. So she's very much a big part of nursing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: what did you take away from this episode, Rach? <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of this was mostly me talking about my lived experiences, I think, Speaking about it was really important uh, to take away. I think I really want to remember my time in school as hard as it was. I think it was a huge building block as to who I am today and who I will be in the future. Um, So just being able to reflect on these past moments is really important, and I hope I continue to do so.
0: Great. One thing I took away was just realizing How much innovation is uh, baked into what a nurse is and really baked into what medicine is. Medicine, you have the potential, and you'll realize this as you start working, you have the potential to just go to work, do your job, come home, and just do it all over again. And I think eventually if you do that, that's how you lead to burnout. But when you go into work with an innovative mind and you see a problem and you decide to be a problem solver, Those are the people who find the most reward out of their jobs and the ones who tend to leave a long lasting impact in their careers and the people around them. Uh, I'm still trying to find my way in terms of being innovative. Uh, I think teaching has sort of become my lane that I'm starting to carve for myself. But I think as you sort of start your career and maybe end up in a cardiac unit or an ICU unit or wherever you may end up. You know try and learn from your mentors see how people are perceiving their jobs or making their jobs more interesting than just showing up and doing what they're asked to do or doing their normal tasks but find out what really brings them reward and fulfillment and try and take a little bit from each of those people that you look up to
1: exactly this kind of blends in with our legacy episode so if you haven't listened to that listen to it right after this
0: (laughs) episode 10 our milestone one (laughs) Right, well good chatting with you, Rachel. Hopefully you get your life in order one of these days and you're not living under three different roofs.
1: I just need to bring all my stuff into one location and then I'll be set.
0: Yeah, I mean I live I live this experience you had too. I, I remember having dad's truck back in the day when I was graduating from UVM and I literally could fit all mm-hmm. of my belongings in either the his truck or the back seat of that truck. And I could literally drive yeah. wherever I needed to with everything I owned at that time. So If there's a time in your life for this, (laughs) so enjoy it.
1: And it's right now.
0: (laughs) And it's right now for you. (laughs) All right, Rach, good chatting with you. Everyone, thanks for listening and tune in for the next one.